This is Brother John Metter, and I greet you today in the name of Jesus. Pray everyone is uh, doing well, and I thank you that you tuned in to enjoy this broadcast. But as uh, I was winding down the broadcast last week and preaching, uh, I was in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, and I was talking to you about Paul and how God made the Word alive in him and how Paul had spoken out of First uh, Corinthians, the second chapter, he said, For I determined, and this is the second verse, For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching is not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I want to relate a vision God gave to me. And I was in India. This was in 1993. So what was that? Uh, 26 years ago. I was in India and we was preaching uh, in a small town up in the mountains over there called Munar. There was a little town down in the valley. It was only about 10 miles away, but because of the curviness of the road going down, it would take you 30 minutes or just about to get down there. And we had some of the uh, ministers, they, they had some small churches that believed in Jesus. They came up to the motel where we were staying, and they were asking for somebody to come down and preach to them. So... Uh, I wound up getting elected, and that's okay. There was four or five of us missionaries. I didn't mind at all. I had went to that nation of idolatry and bondage and darkness to preach a living Christ and to declare the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, so I told them I, if they would get the people together that I would be down there. Uh, the next night, that was like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I said, I will be down there the following evening. I already had services set that night and the following morning. Matter of fact, I was going down of a morning and preaching to ministers in this little town. And we were having almost a hundred ministers that were gathering together every morning that were hungry for God. I tell you, it's so great to see people hungry for God and got a desire to truly serve God. But... uh I got in prayer that night and went on praying into early morning. And I was down by my bed in that little motel room. And I'm going to tell you, the beds in India make perfect altars because they're only uh, like a foot and a half off the ground. So I was down praying beside that bed. And as I got into prayer and the Spirit of the Lord began to move uh, out, you know, you can uh, have your eyes closed, and, and if a bright light shines in a dark room, even with your eyes closed, and it's bright enough, you can sense that light, and I sensed that light, and I opened my eyes and looked up above me on the wall, and there was Jesus hanging on the cross. The Lord took me into an open vision, and when he looked down at me, he said, everybody talks about my life. And what I'd done while I was alive, but he said, everything you have in me is not because I lived, but it is because that I died. 
He said, when you get back to America, he said, you begin to preach uh, me and me crucified. And that is what he told me. He said, because of my death, burial, and resurrection, he said, I have conquered Satan. I have become victor over everything. I have become Lord over all creation and all power in heaven and earth dwells in me. So when I went down to that little town that night, there was about twenty or 30,000 people that had heard that a missionary was coming that believed in miracles and healing and deliverance. And I preached uh, there that night and had so many miracles, had uh, thousands that came up to give their heart to the Lord and accept Jesus Christ, and then we had great miracles, blind eyes, deaf ears, dumb tongues, you name it, God wrought it as a demonstration to bear witness that the resurrected living Christ had moved in and taken its abode in us, and I've asked people, and I'm going to keep asking, what is your witness, what is your witness, tell me, what is your witness? What is your testimony? Are you testifying that you got saved and Jesus come into your heart? That's good. But I'm not seeing any witness. I'm not seeing anything that shows me, that is witnessing to me, that Christ is living in you. Did uh, Jesus himself not instruct us in the book of Acts, and I believe it's the first chapter. Let me get over there, and I'm pretty sure it's the eighth verse. Uh, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Then they went back to Jerusalem. And they uh, entered into that upper room. And they prayed. And they sought the Lord. And I don't know how long they was there. People say they were there ten days. Uh, I don't see any evidence in the scripture of that. Uh, I think people just put that together because there's ten days. Uh, I think between... Uh, 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 something to do with Pentecost and, and something. There's a 10-day period in there. So uh, I don't know if it's uh, after Passover to Pentecost. There's 10 days. I can't remember now. Uh, but anyway, or 50 days or something. And then it was 10 days from when the Lord spoke this to Pentecost. But I find no evidence. But that's not important. But uh, when he poured out the Holy Ghost upon them, and Peter stood up and preached, and 3,000 were baptized uh, in water, and that is what formed the church. But the Lord told me that uh, what happened on that day of Pentecost to those 120 was the spirit of the resurrected Christ came into them, and they received gifts, they received anointings, they received the... Uh, administrations, they received what they needed to minister to the church because the church wasn't formed until those 3,000 were saved and baptized. So, uh, and, it, and it says uh, in verse 41, 
Then in Acts 2, then they gladly received his word, were baptized. The same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread in, in prayers and fear came up every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. I believe that was to support the ministry as everybody in ministry had need. And verse 46 says, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with single with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And I keep telling people and telling people and telling people this move of God is coming back. I'm not telling you that God is going to pour out His Spirit just like He did on the day of Pentecost. But I am telling you the power, the authority, and the dominion of God that was poured out on the day of Pentecost that set up the hierarchy of the church, that set up the administration, that set up the workings of the gifts of the Spirit, that set in the apostles the ability and the power and the authority to do many wonders and signs, which it says in verse 43, and great fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. We have got to have that restoring we have got to have the fear, the reverence, the respect of God returned back to the church. I'm not talking about trembling in fear that you're going to die and go to hell, and that'll come too. But I'm talking about the fear that you reverence, you respect God, you are afraid. You know, when I was a boy growing up, people didn't talk about ministers and they didn't talk about preachers and people in the church the way they do now. What's happened? People have lost respect and they don't have any fear to speak against people now that are in ministry. I know there's wrong things out there, but there are people that are right and walking up right before God. And every time you turn around, somebody's ripping them. Somebody's tearing them down, backstabbing them, ripping up. But it says that they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of the bread in prayers. Uh, and fear came upon every soul, and many signs, uh, many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. The book of Acts is nothing uh, but the acts of the apostles. It is the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the great way God moved, the way uh, that uh, Peter and Paul went to the heathen and went to the Gentiles, and great revivals broke out. Great miracles happen and whole cities turned out to hear the gospel. And in one place in a city, Paul went in. They got so upset and they came before the rulers and they said, These men that have turned the worlds upside down 
down or come to our city also. You are not going to turn the world upside down with fancy preaching. You're not going to do it with lights and smoke and mirrors. You're not going to do it with dramas. You're not going to do it with plays. You're not going to do it with emotional preaching. You're not going to do it with preaching with fancy words, but you're going to do it coming out there, coming out of your prayer chamber anointed by God, and the Spirit of God is quickening you, and the words that are coming out of your mouth are spirit and they are life and they are being made alive as they're coming out of your mouth and they're being quickened by the Holy Ghost and yes it will bring conviction to sin the very reason we are in the mess we're in spiritually is there is no life in the word to convict sin when the life of the word is quickened and it is made alive by the Holy Ghost then that word becomes a consuming fire because that word is God and it says our God is a consuming fire and the word said it's a dangerous thing to fall in the hands of a living God. People don't know a living God today. They know a God of word. They know a God of deeds. They know a God of past miracles and they can talk about a God of future miracles but a God of present miracles that operated in the early church like he did in the book of Acts. Oh, they've died, they've died. Preached about all the gifts, the signs, and the wonders, but then they come out with this thing that God don't move like that today. And I want to know where he ever stopped. I want you to give me a scripture where God quit speaking by his authority and his word and quit bearing witness and signs and wonders and miracles. You tell me where God quit. He never quit quit. Well, it's a different generation. That's right. And the book of Acts, the early church was the beginning of the church. It was the establishing of the church according to Ephesians 2 and 20. For we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So if we are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and God has set some in the church according to 1 Corinthians 2 and 28. For God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, after that miracles and gifts of healings. And then you go on from there, and I believe it says, helps governments and diversities of tongues. And it says God has done what? God has set some in the church. Are you hearing me? Let me get over there. I will have it in just a second. Let me get over there to that scripture. Hallelujah. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. Y'all hang with me. My my computer's not giving me what I need here. 1 Corinthians 12. I'm sorry. No wonder I didn't couldn't get it right. It wouldn't go there. In 28. I'll get there now. Hang on. And God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. There's your government. After that, miracles and gifts of healings helps the government's diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? No, they're not. Are all their prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healings? No. 
Do all speak with tongues? I will tell you there are people that has gone to church all their life that the Spirit of Christ has entered into them. He has changed their life. They have taken on His nature. They have taken on a measure of His mind in the working of their spirit. They have walked away from sin. But I know people that's been in church all their lives and they have never spoken in tongues. Do all interpret? No, all don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit. This is for your hierarchy. This is for your administration to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. It is not for the lay members uh, necessarily to operate in the gifts. Can they? Yes. Can uh, gifts of healing? It can work in anybody that has the Holy Ghost. And I believe that there is a need. And you cannot reach the elders of the church that God will anoint you and move on you for whatever you need. But Paul went on and said, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. I don't want to get into the gifts of the Spirit. I want to get into the fact that the power and the authority and the dominion of God has been preached slap out the front door. It's been preached right out the front door when it comes to the working of the gifts of the Spirit. Is anybody with me? We don't see. I was raised in church. I was raised where the Word of God was preached. I was raised uh, where men prophesied the word of the Lord. Uh, I was raised. Are you hearing me? Uh, Where signs and wonders and miracles was in the church. I was raised in it. Uh, I believe in it. Uh, Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I've seen it all my life. It's operated uh, in my life. Uh, It is operated in my spirit. It's operated in the ministry uh, that God has called me into. Uh, Are you hearing me, children? Uh, Let the Word of God come back alive in your soul. Get on your knees uh, and begin to pray. Uh, And I will give you this scripture. This is found in uh, uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14 uh, and verse 39. Uh, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not uh, to speak with tongues, but let all things be done decently and in order. And I'm telling you today, and some of you know it, if the Spirit of God moved in certain churches and somebody prophesied or spake with tongues, they would show them the door and tell them not to come back. They will acknowledge the workings of the gifts. They will acknowledge these things are real, but then they will turn around in the next breath and tell you that God doesn't work like that today. I challenge you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you give me the scripture in context uh, that shows me where the Spirit of God quit working in the church. Uh, the last verse uh, of Acts, the second chapter, uh, talks about how great grace was upon that church uh, and how they had found, I believe it was favor with God. Let me get back over there. Uh, I believe it's like verse 41 or 46. Let me get back over there. I'll find it. Hallelujah. Hang on with me. Hang on with me. It's hard for me to preach and use a computer all at the same time. Glory be to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all hang on. I'm just about there. Let me get there. Okay. I'm back to Acts, the second chapter. Let me get down here to the last couple of verses. 
long chapter and says a lot. Okay. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. When you get a church back on its knees, when you get ministers back in their prayer closet, when you get vessels that are called of God back to seeking God, back to being dedicated and consecrated before the Lord, back to getting in that prayer chamber and listening to God's voice instead of getting a message out of the book or out of headquarters or off sermon. Because uh, I've heard preachers say they went online and studied and got their message. I don't need a computer to have God talk to me. I need prayer. I need relationship with God in prayer. I need dedication to God. And I need the Spirit of God to anoint me and make the Word alive. And then when I get through ministering the living Word, I, I need the gifts and the anointing of God to work in my spirit uh, in case there's a need in the church because God said uh, that he sent some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. Uh, after that, miracles and gifts of healings. Miracles and gifts of healings uh, should operate in the church in case there is a need. That's why James said, uh, if there's any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Uh, and the elders of the church will come. They will pray over you. They will anoint you uh, in the name of the Lord. Uh, and the Lord will raise him up. If they have forgiven, committed any sins, they shall be forgiven them. This is not practice. It is not an operation. We do not have uh, the administration of holy apostles and prophets. Uh, we do not have men like Paul and Peter uh, that spake in authority and set the churches in order. Uh, the churches are set in order by headquarters. Uh, the churches are set in order. There are uh, not. Oh, I know there's people out there calling themselves prophets and uh, apostles, and I'm sure some of them are, but a lot of them are. Uh, they just put a name on a business card for uh, self-esteem and recognition. Uh, you got to have authority. you got to have power uh, of that resurrected living word and spirit of the uh, resurrected Christ living in you and the signs of an apostle, uh, which are miracles, wonders, deliverance. Uh, uh, what do you, who do you think Jesus was talking about? He wasn't talking to the lay uh, body of the church when he spoke in Mark uh, 16. He was was not uh, talking to the lay body of the church. Go back and look at it. He was talking uh, to those disciples uh, that were chosen. Uh, are you hearing me? Uh, that were chosen for ministry to be in the government of the church. Uh, go back and find it. He was speaking to the eleven there. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Uh, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Uh, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So that after the Lord had spoken unto them, you see this, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God and they went forth and preached everywhere. Who went forth? Those chosen to be holy apostles. Those chosen to be prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Those chosen to be helps and governments in the church. They went out, they preached 
preach the word. They went everywhere and the Lord working with them uh, and confirming the word with signs uh, following. We need the signs back in the government of the church. We need uh, God to raise up holy apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers. And I'm telling you, he's doing it. uh, We are on the verge of a visitation uh, of the Holy Ghost that's going to make the book of Acts look dim. There is a visitation. There is uh, a restoration of the spirit uh, of God. There is a restoring of the government, uh, of the administrations, of the gifts of the power. If you live very many more years, you are going to see a ministry like Jesus had operating on this earth one more time, but it's not going to be through one man. It is going to be through the body of Christ. It is going to be through those holy callings. It's going to be through those holy ministry gifts. That is where Jesus said, or Paul said, I'm sorry, that the gifts and callings are without repentance. He wasn't talking uh, about spiritual gifts. He was talking about ministry gifts. Uh, that was laid out in Ephesians, uh, the fourth chapter. Uh, are y'all with me today? Uh, I said, is anybody with me today? Uh, it was laid out in Ephesians, uh, the fourth chapter, and somewhere around the uh, seventh or eighth verse. But to everyone is given grace. The seventh verse of Ephesians 4. But to everyone is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto man. What did he do when he ascended up on high? Death is what had held man captive. Death was what had held man captive. So he led the captivity that had held man captive. At his resurrection, he stood and said, Behold, I have the keys of death and hell. What had he done? He had taken captivity captive. And he now ruled and reigned. Death, spiritual death, had been destroyed. And he gave gifts unto man. Now that he ascended high. What is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended high is the same also that ascended up far above, above heaven high, that he might fill all things. High. And he gave some, this is the gifts, apostles and some prophets, high, some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. High. These are the ministry gifts. I believe it's in Romans that Paul said the gifts high. Not spiritual gifts, but ministry gifts. He said these gifts are the ones that are without repentance. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And what were these gifts given for? For the perfecting of the saints. For the maturity. For the maturing of the saints. For the work of the ministry. You cannot have the ministry work in the book of Acts. When you've only got pastors, evangelists, and teachers. We need God to raise up Pauls and Peters and James and Johns. We need God to raise up Elijahs and Elishas. We need God to raise up Moseses. We need God to raise them up for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's time for God's people to learn and come forth in maturity. That's why he said these gifts were put in the church for the perfecting.
growing, the maturing, the completing uh, of the work of Christ in the saints till we all come in the unity of the faith. Uh, till all this bickering and backbiting and fighting about doctrine. Uh, all this, let me tell you, when God begins to bear witness uh, with signs and wonders and miracles to the true doctrine of the kingdom, to the true uh, gospel of Christ, when the nature and the mind and the wisdom uh, and the spirit of the resurrected Christ begins to come forth out of people's lives, uh, then it's going to witness that that is the true gospel, that that is the one true God, uh, that that is the faith, and people will come into the unity of the faith uh, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto uh, a perfect man. Uh, are you hearing me? Uh, and unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, we are going to come uh, to that measure of that statue. That word statue there means maturity and fullness of years. So everything that Jesus obtained and everything that he obtained when he become the Christ, the fullness of the Christ will be our inheritance. And I'm telling you, it will be right here on this earth because Romans 8 says we are heirs with God and joint heirs with the Christ. This is Brother Matter and I see that our time has got away from us again. Uh, please go to our website, mansentfromgod.org, and look up our email address, our mailing address, write us a letter, send us your prayer request. I'm asking that you stand with this broadcast uh, with your finances. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. May God bless you till our next broadcast.